0: Things off. Welcome to Dope Nostalgia. I'm Naomi, and today we are featuring my good friend, comedian
1: Colin Krieger here. And
0: Hi! Hello, it's good to have you here.
1: I think calling me a comedian might be overstating it a little bit, but I'll take it. He
0: tells jokes in front of people on stage.
1: It's true. It's true. They don't always laugh, but I do tell them. <laughs>
0: So, so he's just saying, don't expect so much comedy. Is that what you're trying to say? I,
1: I always like to set the bar low. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. I won't, I won't go into all your credentials then. Cause you'll get embarrassed and leave.
1: Cred- do I have credentials? What do you have?
0: Uh, you're uh nineties kid.
1: I am a nineties kid.
0: Yeah. So like we're, I'm 41. I've already told everybody I'm, I have no shame in my age. So obviously we grew up at the same time and that's why you're here today.
1: I'm also 41 and I do have shame in my age. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have anything to worry about? You got a healthy colon? Oh.
1: <laughs> Does Colin have a healthy colon? <laughs> that's a, that's my new kids book coming out in the fall on Condom House Press. Isn't that really what matters now? I think so. Yes. I don't know, nothing like a good poo. So, um.
0: so if you enjoy the music of this era, you might be looking into getting your colon checked pretty soon, right?
1: <laughs> Absolutely right. Okay. You have to find a doctor with uh, skinny fingers. That's, that's right. Yeah. That's when you shake your doctor's hand when you first meet him. That's what, pay attention to uh, (laughs) the thickness of the fingers.
0: Oh, man. I'm going to tell you. We're going to talk about a couple artists today. um, Very different from each other. We're going to talk about Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. And Moxie Fruvis.
1: Once I was the king of Spain. Now I eat humble pie. That's right.
0: So, I'm going to start with the Moxie thing, I think, for sure. So, what happened was... I had the opportunity to have a, my very, very first interview for this podcast was with the bassist. And he's also like a mouth bassist because he sings bass as a well as plays. it. Yes, he plays it and sings it. And his name is Murray Foster. Okay. And uh, so I got the whole interview hooked up, ready to go. I tested out my software that I was going to use to record the thing. We had a lovely conversation that was about 40 minutes long. And I saw it. Recorded everything, and I hit on the file, and the file was blank. Oh, a blank MP3. That's when I had a complete like panic attack. <laughs>
1: Are you sure it actually happened, or was it like a lost thing where you woke up and all, and you
0: was not didn't actually happen? And the interview never happened. That's right. So I'm gonna say all the stuff that he never actually said. Sure. Or he just told me telepathically.
1: Maybe maybe that happened. <laughs> you heard it here first. When the lawsuit comes out, that's
0: what happened. <laughs> Well, and there's something before I, when I say Moxie Fruvis, people are probably instantly going to think about one person in particular. Oh, who's that? I don't even know how to say his name. Is it Gian? Yes. Gian Gomeshi? That's correct. Then I do know how to say his name. All right. Yeah. So we've all heard a lot about him. Now, I know I could have gone two ways with this. I could have done the whole thing where I just wanted to get like hype about like, hey, let's talk about this guy because it's uncomfortable and weird. Mm Um. If you don't know what happened, he had um, sexual assault charges pressed against him. Um, Those charges, I think he got dismissed or he was found not guilty.
1: He was, uh, uh, he was not found, yes, he was found not guilty, which Mm -hmm. is not the same as being found innocent, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, there was, there was turned out to be not enough to, uh, to convict him on that. I think with the volume of uh, accusations and the substance behind them, it seems like, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like, like not guilty fits, but that's yeah. the, the, the powers that be in Canada have determined that's
0: not guilty. That's right. So Moxie Frivis, he was a big part of that band before he ventured out into being an interviewer and a journalist on the CBC, correct? Yes. Okay. I never watched his show. I don't know much about him, but I figured I had two ways. I could either investigate that, create a bunch of scandal hype for the show, mm-hmm. or I could talk to a guy about his music, and take the other route and make sure that he didn't feel uncomfortable about the situation. And I never asked him a question about Gian Gomeshi at all. Well, all
1: right, that's probably a good way to go.
0: Yeah, no, and and you know what, he he never even asked me to like check out the questions beforehand or anything like. And I thought that was pretty nice that he had the trust that. Or maybe he was able to talk about it, but I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> I just <laughs> did not want to go there. Not for the very first interview I ever right. do. If you search Moxie Fruvis on social media, there is a Twitter account credited with their name. It's not doesn't have the blue mark, so we don't know if it's valid or not.
1: Does it have the umlauts, though? That's the important part. The what? The umlauts. What's that? Uh, the, you know, in Botley Crew, how they have the dots over the mm-hmm. O? That's an umlaut. That's a, oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, I bet it would if it was really them. I don't even know how to make that on a keyboard. I don't either. I was trying so hard to figure it out.
1: I don't know how to make an accent a goo or accent grab either, though. I know it's pretty common, so.
0: (laughs) And I don't know those words. Oh,
1: well. I'm learning. I'm learning so much. Do you not take French? Do you not uh, get mandatory French? We
0: we have mandatory French. Okay, so we're in Western Canada?
1: Yeah.
0: We pretty much... Get just, like, the bare minimum, and then we're done. Like, I took French until grade 10, and then I was allowed to pick another language if I wanted to.
1: And if you're like me, if you're a Western Canadian French speaker, you know how to say, ouvre la fenêtre, fermé la porte.
0: Okay, translation. Don't know.
1: Open the window, close the door. Okay. Le fromage sur le pain. Cheese? Yes. On? Bread? That's correct. Wow. He did take French.
0: Yeah, I get I get one or two words in yes. sometimes. Routine. Then I then I went and studied Japanese instead because I thought that was cool. You studied
1: Japanese.
0: For like half a semester. That
1: would have been amazing.
0: Mm. I don't know. I'm obsessed with Japan. I'm obsessed with the culture. So I just was like, I'd rather learn about this, even though French would probably be better getting me a job in Canada. Probably true. <laughs> if
2: you want to be applied
0: attendant, yeah, you have to know French. That's true. Yes. That's true. And we we know somebody who did that. We do. That's right. Shout out to Nadia. Hi, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about you, lovely. All right. Um, so I did the interview with him. And so after I got over my total like breakdown, I said, okay, lemons out of lemonade, pull yourself together. I remembered as much as I possibly could from the interview and I wrote it down. I sent it to his agent and him. And I just said, hey, here's what happened. It's a total accident, you know, like I don't understand how this happened, but I apologize. But we're still going to publish like his information. Like basically it's like a print interview, Sure. you know, everything. So I got him to or them to approve it before we went ahead. And I tell you everything that this lovely man had to say. Right. I got to tell you, he was a great interview. He was a pleasure to talk to. Um, I haven't had a bad interview yet, honestly. Well, knock hey, on hey, wood. Don't worry, it's early. and when it comes you'll you'll probably feel how the tension (laughs) but no not this one this one was good um i'm just gonna pull up what questions i asked him and then i'm gonna tell you guys what he told me okay so moxie fruvis Here's the wiki on Moxie
2: Fruvus. <laughs> Once I was the king of Spain, now I eat humble pie. Oh, well, my unspeakable wife, Queen Lisa. Now I eat humble pie. I'm telling you I was the king of Spain. Now I eat humble pie. And now I work at the pizza pizza. One, two, three,
0: four. Moxie Fruvis was a Canadian politically satirical folk pop band from Thornhill, Ontario, Canada. The band was founded in 1989 and was active until 2001, so they pretty much covered the whole decade of the 90s. Common themes in their songs include Canada and the human experience. Four members, Gian Gameshi, Marie Foster, Mike Ford, and Dave Matheson formed the band. Three of them were former classmates at the local Thornley Secondary School and played in a pub band together called the Chia Pets at the time. Then they joined with David Matheson to busk in Toronto. Drawing crowds, they garnered a lot of attention and the CBC radio took notice. They started commissioning songs from the band about political and local issues for the radio show later the same day. Some songs written for the show later appeared on their albums. Songs including the Gulf War song and My Baby Loves a Bunch of Authors, which was written for a Toronto Authors Festival. They cut a six-song demo tape in 1992, and that year performed at the SoCAN Awards celebration. Their first major label album, Bargainville, was released the next year. Shortly after, they embarked on a touring schedule that continued practically without stopping, except to record new material, until the end of 2000. So they literally toured for 10 years. (laughs) Well, maybe eight, but still.
2: Big baboon, big baboon, big baboon, big baboon. baboon, baboon. Spider Man, Spider Man, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud, he's got radioactive blood. Hey there! There goes the Spider Man. Spider Man, Spider Man, does whatever a spider can. Shoo-be-doo, rock steady crew, find him an octopet on Genou with flair. There goes the Spider Man. In the heat of night, at the scene of the crime, with the speed of light, he arrives just in time. Well, no red blooded boy or girl would miss this Saturday's appearance of Spider Man down at the local county fair, unless, of course, they're at home with their collections. Spider Man's
0: They were primarily an a cappella band, contemporary styled a cappella. They sang with little or no accompaniment in many cases, and a number of their songs also expressed the band's progressive political leanings. They stood up for the nerd culture. They had a very close relationship with their fans, and in their live shows they were full of political commentary, humorous banter, and musical improvisation. The band gave its last concert in the year 2000. So what does Moxie Fruvis stand for? Apparently it's a nonsensical phrase. Apparently the band never gives a straight or consistent answer when asked that question, the meaning of the band's name, but in an interview in Rochester, New York, Gameshi explained the band's name Origin by saying that they were trying to think of a name that wasn't easy to remember and didn't mean anything, which is usually the exact opposite of what you want in a band name.
2: Well, you should see my story Baby, you should hear the things that she says She says, hun, drop dead, I'd rather go to bed With Gabriel Garcia Marquez <laughs> Cuddle up with William S. Burroughs Leave on the light for bell hooks I've been flirting with Pierre Burton Cause he's so smart in his books I like to go out dancing My baby loves a bunch of authors My heart's so broken bleeding Baby's just sitting there Doing some reading
0: four official studio albums in their discography a couple b-side albums a live album as well as a rare demo from 1992. it's a lot of music they made in a span of 10 years since disbanding they had a lot of other projects that they worked on marie foster was part of the band great atomic power as well performing in a vocal jazz standard group called the lesters he went on tour as part of great big c and he worked on a movie. He wrote a screenplay and directed the movie, The Cocksure Lads, in 2011, which you can find on streaming services.
2: The Scooter Lads are streaming and burning and screaming for the Cocksure Lads. The temperature is climbing and birds are sick or blimey for the Cocksure Lads. Slapped to me these Jack on a, a rack. The pub, they
0: both mike ford and dave matheson are also involved in the cocksure lads and mike foster often performs in school singing songs about the history of canada a very well-publicized event happened in 2014. John Ghomeshi was arrested and charged with four counts of sexual assault and one count of choking in relation to three complainants. He was acquitted of five assault charges in 2016 and the Crown withdrew the last remaining charge after Gameshi signed a peace bond and apologized to the plaintiff. Now it was heavy on me to decide whether or not I would discuss or bring up the event but I think it's fair that people know that this happened, if they didn't know already. Um, But I wanted to make sure that when I spoke with Murray, that I wanted him to feel comfortable during the interview and that I wanted to focus on the music of the band and how much they meant to that era. Out of respect for Murray, I did not bring up any of those questions. So first question I said, I like the song, the kids song, especially Should Quebec Separate, that line was fantastic. And which early songs were you most proud of and how much of the writing process were you involved in? So he let me know that they spent a lot of time busking in the streets of Toronto where the CBC started following them and the CBC was commissioning them to write Canadian satire songs after they discovered them. Uh, Mike and Dave were the Lennon and McCartney writing duo in the early days of the group. And the others, including Marie, eventually became part of the writing process over time.
1: All right.
0: So, yeah, that's kind of how it happens for a lot of bands, I think. Sure. I think that's
1: a that's a, a, a fairly common scenario, is that um, you get a couple of folks in the band that just have a better chemistry or a different skill set.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, that's usually golden, because then you're not all fighting for the same opportunity sometimes. You know, you each have your strengths.
1: Well, and, of course, you know, there's always a couple of lazy guys in the band that just want to show up and smoke a
0: joint and play the song, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And sometimes that's fine. Okay, next question was, a lot of Canadian musicians' deep sense of national pride is reflected in their writing. This seems especially true for Moxie Fruvis. Did you set out to write songs about being Canadian and how did those songs perform on an international scale? So, Murray told me they did considerably well internationally or stateside. Some of the songs were played while touring in the U.S. and songs like the "Kids" song were relatable to the U.S. audience because they know of Quebec down there. They, you know, it was nice for the U.S. audiences to get a window into what Canadian politics were like, as we in Canada always see the U.S. politics. So the separation type thing, that that line.
1: I didn't realize that that was something that was uh, internationally that the folks were aware of. Was the 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 the, the Threat of separation that's for yeah. us for all these years.
0: Um, I went to Vegas in 2006 and we were talking to all the tourists there that were American and we were playing this game where we like could you name some provinces in right. Canada just as a joke and uh, they would all say Quebec. They all could say Quebec and then I asked why do you always know about Quebec and they were telling me well we know that they're trying to leave.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> they knew so they knew. Yeah. Enough about our politics that I was actually surprised.
1: Well, now they know our prime minister because he's so damn handsome. <laughs> That's the only reason. Back the pretty was, guy. Uh, Paul Martin and uh, Jean Chrétien, nobody gave
0: a damn. Paul Martin had some nice fake teeth, though.
1: Paul Martin had fake teeth? I don't remember.
0: Oh, yeah. He had, like, super veneers. Oh. Yeah. Big white, John Bon Jovi-style shiny teeth.
1: Know your Canadian politician's dental history.
0: I don't know anything about his policies, though. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't be allowed to vote. Anyway. Was the kids. We
2: took the babies we knew and the toddlers we knew. Said we'd like to get a slice of life from your point of view. Cause you cry Ooh, and laugh a lot more than us older wow. folks do. It's a spicy show especially for you. The markers that I just got are non-toxic. And my sister says the lake is quite dioxic. I don't know what these words mean, I just want to play where it's clean. But something in the backyard made my dog sick. Is there something you like? Squirt-cutting my dog! Is, Is there something, something you hate? When my turtle ate my gerbil. Is, Is it, it fun, fun to, to take, a take a bath? Yes! No, sometimes. Yeah. Should Quebec separate? My next question
0: was, Moxie Fruvis came out at a time where pop music was fading, due to the introduction of the grunge era. Timing was bad for the band to have broken more successfully than they did. They felt they were not huge with a mainstream audience, but rallied for the nerds with their songs. Okay, mm-hmm. that wasn't a question. Sorry, that was what he said. Okay. <laughs> he, that was part two of what he said. Maybe I should bold my questions and read properly.
1: You could. I have a feeling like there's going to be a lot of editing
0: going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, I, I, I figure so. Um, so, yeah, they figured they were out there standing up for the nerds in society. Well, that's representing for them
1: not an uncommon strategy for a lot of bands even if you look at the bare naked ladies mm. uh, a lot of their stuff was aimed at the nerds and proudly so I mean I think that's a lately when we were kids that being a nerd was a bad thing
0: being I know nerd, is nerd cu- culture is awesome now Absolutely. I embrace my nerd
1: because they make four times as much money as the rest of us So
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right No, I, I realize like I am a nerd I embrace it I mean certain things I'm still like what like World of Warcraft and things like that. I have no idea yeah. what's going on. I but I've played a game of that uh Dungeons and Dragons.
1: You've played Dungeons and Dragons? Once.
0: Oh. I did a one-off.
1: You you rolled the 12-sided die. Yeah.
0: yeah. And they they talked me through it. Wow. It's kind of like acting. It's it's like okay. an improv. It's like oh. an improv is I'm like out. <laughs> So of course that made me very nervous cuz I'm not an actor. Right. I'm a singer. I'm sure. just like this. So my character was a bard, <laughs> so hence singing, and it was kind of fun. Cause you know what? You have to play that game with people that you're really comfortable with. Well, I think so. So,
1: But yeah. nerds aren't nerds are, are by or, by, by, uh, by design socially awkward.
0: Not with other nerds, are they? Oh, I guess not. Just with other nerds, I think they're fine.
1: With other nerds, they're fine.
0: Mhm. Okay. That's what I think. But anyways, yeah, and I think like the only band like you could really compare Moxie for this to would be the Bare Naked Ladies. They were similar in some ways. In a lot of ways. There's, well, were there five bare naked ladies or four? Five. Okay, then not that way. Not that way. But like musical style, maybe?
1: Um, I suppose musical style, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were less, uh, they were more of an a cappella kind of a group. Yes. Like, I mean, um, in the fact, like, I don't think they had a drummer, did they?
0: Hmm. We'll, f- we'll go through the wiki. All right. <laughs> we'll backtrack to the wiki. Um, my qu- This was a question I asked him. Were you guys bad boys? Did you and you guys get in trouble? Did you-?
1: Well, Gian Gomeschi did. <laughs>
0: and we never brought <laughs> <laughs> No, um No. They drove in a van rather than in a bus, which didn't really allow for much in the way of debauchery.
1: I beg to differ. <laughs>
0: He said it was basically like they get like copies of the daily crossword puzzle and work on those while touring, and just doing you know like,
1: well of course that's what eating healthy.
0: <laughs> so with the long drives and constant routine of touring, they stayed very well behaved and took care of themselves because it could be exhausting. By the time they would get to the next city and do the show, they were really tired, so they didn't really party. And they're the first of all my people I've talked to to. The, said they were good 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 well-behaved boys
1: yeah that yeah, might be true
0: yeah. yeah i don't know
1: i've known a lot of musicians i don't know if that's true
0: <laughs> they seem pretty wholesome it has been said that around the age of 30 many of us stop listening to new new music this is a theory this isn't obviously 100 percent, but that they stick to what we already love at a certain age and don't really listen to anything else do you Murray Foster listen to new music and who is a recent artist you enjoy. So he does listen to some new music. He like he really likes Casey Musgraves and Rufus Wainwright right now. Oh, right. Um, he just spent a lot of time listening to Rufus of late. He enjoys listening to music with a baroque pop sound. Baroque is in not broke but baroque.
2: Right,
0: yeah. Um, interesting chord structure and progression in the music. That's something I really agreed with him on because pop songs can be written just so simply. And and formulaic and and quick with just using like the typical four chord progression that that's just boring. Sure. That's my opinion, right. and I feel like I I understand what he's trying to say there because it, songs are way more interesting when they melodically go somewhere.
1: Well, ideally, I mean it's we've all heard the. Is that Axis of Awesome that does a song about uh, mm. every, so many songs structured like Pachelbel? Yes. And it's true. It's true. I mean, if you deconstruct a lot of the pop songs from the last 20 years or so, they, most of them follow that structure.
0: They do. Yeah. They do. And they don't really deviate. Um, but, yeah. Like, he's he's obviously searching out music that's more interesting to listen to, which yeah. I I totally appreciate um i said what would you tell the 16 year old version of yourself now version not virgin version. version of yourself now and he said learn to play piano
1: i've heard that i've heard that that as a musician piano is the most important instrument you can understand
0: it makes the most sense for across everything is you can find it on the piano right um and it's just laid out perfectly to make it understandable what a half-step and full-step are. And, yeah, the piano is the perfect perfect instrument, and it's easier to learn when you're a kid.
1: Uh, I suppose so. I mean, I was put in piano lessons when I was a kid, and I took piano lessons for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can, to this day, I can play um, Good King Wenceslas, lesson, that's all.
0: That's so, it, eh? Yeah,
1: so it just depends if you're musically
0: how much of it sticks with you? Like if you sit in front of a piano, say you haven't touched it in 10 plus years.
1: I can play Good King Wences. <laughs> I can find middle C all day long.
0: See, I had a, the keyboard with the stickers on it with the A, B, C, D, E, F, G because right. I was like, I can't just look at the key. I just didn't try hard enough because that's just a matter of practice.
1: Oh, you know what else I can play? I lied. I can play two songs. I can play that riff from the Lizzo song.
0: Oh, The Truth Hurts? Yeah. I can play it nice. Thing. I so, was hoping you were gonna say the Axel Foley theme.
1: Oh.
0: Right. No.
1: I, I unfortunately, no. I could play. I, I learned <laughs> how to play the first uh, twelve bars of Home Sweet Home when I was a kid. I don't remember.
0: Ooh. Yang. Yeah. You were a crew fan. I was a crew fan. So you didn't figure that shit out.
1: Yeah. And I, I actually, okay. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna go back now, I also got the the sheet music, and I learned. Uh, the dumbed-down version of uh, November Rain, also. Ah. I couldn't play that now to save my life, but at the time,
0: that would be a cool song to learn front to back.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. it would be missing so much. I think without with just the piano, though, you need all those parts. You need the the guitar, big time, and a
1: you know sixteen piece orchestra. But... <clears> hmm. <throat> yes.
0: All right. My next question for Marie was: Who have you met in the music business that taught you the most, or you were most excited to meet? And the answer is Alan Doyle of Great Big C, who is now a solo artist. And Alan taught him a lot of stuff. Marie spent many years as a bassist and vocal bassist for Great Big C after Moxie Furvis. Oh, wow. Yes. So when Great Big C's bassist quit, he was the only guy for the job because he had done the same type of playing in Moxie Furvis with the singing of the bass as well. So even when the band had toured extensively and were tired on out on the road, Alan would rally them and carry them on their backs through another show and made made it fantastic every time. So Alan's like the consummate professional. He was very focused and driven, and that really, really influenced him or inspired him.
1: Alan Doyle's got amazing hair. He should be in a Head and Shoulders commercial.
0: He truly does. Yeah, amazing hair
1: and a great hairline. The guy's got to be, what, about 55 or so? Mm. Rocks on.
0: Probably, probably. Yeah, he's still, it's still what, shoulder length?
1: Shoulder length, yeah.
0: Looking good, looking smart.
1: And not gray. Well, I mean, he might die. Know it's about. true. But you know, I saw him on the, because now that I'm a middle aged wild man for New Year's Eve, stayed in and watched the CBC New Year's Eve festivities. Nice. Alan Doyle, stared at his hair the whole time. I can't tell you what he's saying. I was just watching the luxurious locks.
0: Oh, we know he's saying Ordinary Day, I'm sure.
1: No, I I'd, I'd never heard of whatever it was. Really?
0: Maybe yeah. he was just doing solo material. He could have been. All right. So I don't know if Great Big Sea's together, but that's for another episode. We'll we'll Where talk about at? Yeah, yeah. We, we will we'll we'll talk about Great Big Sea in another episode because they do fall into that 90s category, so.
1: A great guest for that episode. I have a friend who went on the Great Big Sea cruise, like you can go on the cruise like through the sea? Through the sea. Really? The yeah. It was uh, and yeah, you listen to Great Big Sea like every day for a week or whatever. Did the whole thing.
0: And the band's on the cruise the band's too?
1: on the cruise, yeah. Better be. Well, I would hope so.
0: <laughs> Where does the cruise go?
1: I don't know. I think that's secondary to the fact you hang out with Great Big Sea. Okay, I don't we're going to. They can't get away from you.
0: We're going <laughs> to. That's how I always want to meet my celebrities.
1: Absolutely. If you can't corner them.
0: <laughs> Boats are big cruise ships. Yeah. They're cities in themselves, though. They are. They have enough security. They, they don't have to deal with stalkers. Filled
1: with disease.
0: Oh, yeah. The norovirus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Scared of cruising, Colin.
1: Yeah, no, no, I've been okay. cruising, and, and uh, there was an outbreak of norovirus on that same boat uh, mm-hmm. not long before we went. And they Ooh. would be like, okay, you got to stay out of your cabin for the next six hours because they disinfected all the door handles and everything. It's just gross. <laughs> I just like I wanted to just wear rubber gloves everywhere.
0: Uh, yeah, like I just feel like illness is everywhere on the boat. I don't know. But actually, I, I wonder why that, well, probably because it's all in one spot. I don't know, but isn't that how is that any different than going to a resort? I don't it's just know. on the water.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but apparently cruise ships—that's if you're going to get norovirus, that's how you're going to do it. Okay. And now they're going to try and you know do the same thing. If you're going to go on a, a Chinese cruise these days, the coronavirus is going to be the thing. That's going to be what all the kids are getting these days.
0: What if you just drink enough alcohol and kill it? <laughs> that's how I've lived my life. I always figured alcohol would just save my or kill all the viruses for me.
1: How's that worked so far?
0: Oh, not too bad, actually. I, I get sick like once a year, twice a year. Never knock was, on wood. Never got SARS. Knock on wood again. <laughs> no Corona flu.
1: I have had the Corona flu a few times.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's the one I'm into. Okay. And I'm going back on topic. All right. All right. What are your thoughts on the music business? And in the early 90s compared with now. So he was very focused on the fact that, and I agree, streaming services and their payment systems need to be reworked to better compensate the artists. The music listeners are doing their part by paying their monthly fee and they want to help more, but they're not sure how to do so because they just want to pay for it. And they say, well, we're paying. How, How do we make sure the artist gets this money? There is plenty of money being made by the streaming services, but the money distribution needs to be reworked to be fair. This is something Marie is actively involved in changing along with others. So it's something he's passionate about.
1: Well, I should suppose so. That, that is his, uh, that's his. <laughs> it's your, bread and but- it's your bread and butter. That's
0: right. And I get it. I totally get it. I mean, streaming is so convenient. So people really like to do. I, I love having a Spotify account.
1: Well, you've got some tracks on Spotify. Mm -hmm. now how much without asking you a blunt question how Mm -hmm. much do you see from that
0: nothing like literally well i didn't i don't get that many plays so i don't even know how many cents it is per stream i've never received a check from spotify okay or apple music or any of those places the only time i made money is from downloads really yeah
1: well but i mean there's got to be some streams because i mean i've I've got it in my playlist. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure other people do as well. So that two cents a stream or whatever, where does that go? Have you never received that?
0: I bet you, you have to make a certain amount accumulated before they'll cut the check.
1: I see. So about the time you're ready to retire, you're going to expect a big check.
0: <laughs> I heard like people were showing their their checks of over like five thousand plays, ten thousand plays, and only getting like a twenty, thirty, forty dollar check. Wow. Yeah. So
1: I suppose there's something in the contract, probably administration fees and this and that and something else.
0: How did the start of the Internet change things for you, for Moxie Fruvis? So Moxie Fruvis would likely have done quite well if the timing had lined up well with the beginning of the Internet. They were a band who appealed to the nerd culture. So computers and viral videos would have been something that they would navigate and use well to showcase their music. That makes sense. So just timing didn't quite line up on that because I think it was... Well, we got our first home computer with the internet early compared to a lot of people, and that was in 94, 95.
1: That's about right. Yeah, I was in about probably grade 11 when we got ours. So, yeah, about 95. Mm hmm. Yeah. And And it was slow as molasses, and it wasn't. (laughs) The dial-up was a bitch. Yeah. I mean, it it took forever for a picture to come down, but there was no music available. Like downloading a video, forget that. That that didn't even exist.
0: No, because of meg, well, a song was at the average of five megabytes. Right. That was my whole hard drive. Sure. So that just wasn't happening yet with the first computer. No. I don't think I was able to start downloading MP3s until 1999, 2000.
1: Yeah, somewhere. When Napster came out. Napster, yeah.
0: By that time, I'd upgraded my computer enough that I could get some songs on it.
1: Napster, LimeWire, that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember in those early days, uh, I got a computer for Christmas, and my dad was just amazed. He said, it's got a one gigabyte hard drive.
0: That's huge. That is massive.
1: massive.
0: You can have so many like pictures on there. You
1: probably have like a few hundred pictures on there and be all right.
0: Hmm. I can't even imagine what we're gonna have in ten years, but from now. But yeah. So he thinks you know what? If they had been able to have a YouTube back then, they would have been making their own videos. I'm sure you know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it would have been big.
1: That was something people couldn't fathom at the time.
0: No 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 i remember the first time i even downloaded a photo it took about five to ten minutes to download but i thought it was the coolest thing ever that i could have a picture of something right that wasn't printed it was neat um okay next question was any favorite memories from performing at places like much music mtv or any of the shows at the time they had a few memorable performances at much music for sure as well as performing at the juno awards and their fun, quirky songs would make it interesting for any performer to have to follow them.
1: I think that's true. They had a lot of energy. That's mm-hmm. what I remember from Moxie was, was the energy. And they didn't really sound like anyone else out there. Mm-mm. That much music was, a was. I mean, for artists like that, I would have never heard of Moxie Fruis were it not for much music. I mean, maybe on CBC. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was about the only place that someone like that would have a would have any kind of exposure
0: as much as you know he was telling me about the cbc commissioning them to write those songs or and do performances i remember them from much yeah much music specifically
1: for sure
0: yeah king of spain definitely was the first song that i remember um i'll be playing one here actually i'll, I'll look it up and at the end of this interview um that oh, i heard it and i remembered it again you know how that okay. happens yeah. And I think that's going to be the one for this podcast i will be like, oh, yeah, that song.
2: Clem had a daydream, daydream from heaven. Picked up the headline, his country was made up of singers. And no more right wing. Wakes up to homeless are stupid, welfare is stupid. Private investment efficiency, cool fiscal planning. Sounds like more Pat Buchanan. Back in his day job this afternoon, unlikely he'll move down to Cuba soon. To peace, stuck in the 90s of the old days. 20 years
0: it's that time of the show where we would like to thank analog Brewing here in Edmonton for being the official beer of Dote nostalgia located at 8620 53rd Avenue analog brewing is one of Edmonton's award-winning breweries look for their retro video game cans at your local liquor store or their growing number of tap handles around the city. Or better yet, go visit Adam and Brian in person. Their tap room is open Thursdays through Saturdays from 4 p.m. until 11 p.m. And enjoy $6 pints and an everyday low price of $13 per four-pack on their retro styles with a Z so you know they are 90s kids. That's Analog Brewing Company at 8620 53rd Avenue, Edmonton. Open Thursdays through Saturdays from 4 p.m. until 11 p.m. Analog Brewing, official beer of dope nostalgia. So, I want to know where I can view your movie, The Cocksure Lads. So, he made a movie. You'll see it in the wiki. Um, it's a movie and a band. And it was a passion project that he put together where he directed it, wrote the screenplay um, about a band that would have been folks, embraced the sounds of the 60s. So, take you back in the time machine a bit. Sure. Um, the pop music. When he says it was in the sounds of the 60s when pop music was written with interesting chord structures and melodies. Marie had written and directed it and poured a lot of love into the project. The band had live shows and a musical as well. So it was a well-rounded project that took on a huge life. This type of music is something that would have been close to what a band like Moxie Fruvis would have played had they existed in that decade. The movie is available now to watch on any not every, sorry. On many streaming services, such as iTunes, Apple Movies. I don't know what they call it anymore because I don't think iTunes is a thing anymore, is it?
1: That's news to me. iTunes doesn't exist.
0: I think they changed it to Apple Music. Apple. Oh,
1: Apple Music. Yeah, they did. They
0: do that. So. I'm a Spotify guy. But. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm uh, Android, so I I don't know about Apple, but whatever Apple platform you find your mo- streaming movies, um, as well as Amazon Prime. It should be on there if you want to check out the cocksure lads. I do. I think it'll be great. <laughs> uh, I'm just I like think... look at that name.
1: Just, uh, did... Cock?
0: It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, Will we be seeing more films from you? And he said, it's unlikely. Although the cocksure lads was an amazing project and very fulfilling, it costs a lot of money to produce movies and isn't very cost effective. Oh, that's true. So he doesn't see himself doing that likely again. Um, The Lesters is a project that he works on. It's a jazz project, a jazz band. I asked him if he attended music school and where does his love of jazz come from? He said Marie did not attend music school but still continues to do shows with the Lesters and developed an enjoyment for playing jazz later in life. Pop is still his first love. So, yeah, check out the Lester's, folks.
1: The Lester's. The Lester's, yeah. Did you know that uh, Gene Simmons' first battle was called Wicked Lester?
0: There Wicked Lester. Yeah. I've heard that. It's
1: true. There you go. Absolutely not germane to the point, but that's it's true.
0: You don't hear the name Lester very often, though. No.
1: So. Except, you know, when you're talking about Lester Banks, like the music journalist, or mm. uh, yeah, no, that's it.
0: I want to name a little baby Lester. Lester. The look at this little guy. This is Lester, and the little girl Gladys.
1: Gladys, who looks at a baby and says, "Oh, this is Lester." <laughs> who looks at a baby and says,
0: Oh, "This is..." This is an old person named on yeah. this baby. We need this. This is Bruno. <laughs> Bruno Mars.
1: Oh, oh, I love
0: him. Okay. The oh Marie, I said that already. Do you prefer live performance or studio work? And he said, both have their merits, but it is great to produce and develop ideas in the studio, especially in a day and age where money is hard to make as a new musician. It is important to learn to use the studio and production tools and create on your own. Developing a home studio is prime. It's a good idea.
1: Well, and now it can be done so cost effectively. We've done it right here. That's right.
0: Right in this room. Yeah. Um, and you can get creative at any time, of day or night. Sure. Get an idea, re- go down, record it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. No, so that's something
1: a home studio used to be only for the elite. True sure enough. No, I I personally know a dozen people that have a home studio of some sort.
0: It's true. Now it's whether or not they know how to use their equipment. That's
1: right.
0: That's where you got to really learn.
1: And the answer is no.
0: <laughs> it should be about the song. If the song is good that's what really matters uh, everything else you can fix that's my musician input right there
1: <laughs> that should be, that should be the, the. what have we learned at the end of the show well,
0: <laughs> um okay so tell us about the environmental work you do and how we can help he's very committed to working with climate change and issues so the effect of climate change is visible and is real we can all do things to make a difference, such as drive electric vehicles, recycle, etc. And the government is working on and needs to allocate funds to help the average person to choose environmentally friendly sources. We need to do this before it's too late.
1: How dare you?
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. I I believe in climate change. I do. I do. I think it's silly I, if you don't.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless you're going to say that you're smarter than... Tens of thousands of scientists worldwide who have all looked at the data and agree that it's a thing.
0: Okay, so then we ended the interview with a few silly questions where I made him choose his favorite of two options. Brian Adams or Bruce Springsteen? He said Bruce. Counting Crows or Matchbox 20? Counting Crows. Of course. Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera? Britney, bitch. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: surprising.
0: New York or Los Angeles? New York. Toronto or Vancouver? Toronto. Okay, which
1: makes sense.
0: Totally makes sense. Um, I said, is there a musical genre that you do not enjoy? And he said, metal. Really? Okay. He, said, he said, because it's just, he respects it, but it's just sonically loud to him and not a genre he particularly enjoys to listen to, but he still has respect for it, you know?
1: I'm surprised in, in, in that case, if it was just everything louder than everything else he didn't like, he didn't say dubstep.
0: That would be my most hated thing, I think. I hate that sound. Dubstep?
1: Well, it's like if you talk about something sonically uninteresting, that's a dubstep. (laughs) Let's just turn everything up loud.
0: I know. Okay, well, that was our interview um, with Moxie Fruvis's Murray Foster, and I want to thank him so much for spending his time, even though I really wish I could have gotten his recording. I just wanted to share all that information. Um, He spent that time with me. Giving. So, yeah. I was just going to quickly tell people that I drank the Vaporware Vienna Lager the other night when I wanted a nice crisp beer. It was very refreshing. Um, Strong, 5.5%. So, got a little buzz on.
1: Not put the hair on your chest. It was a
0: beautiful, beautiful aesthetic. These guys have a great look and. I thought these, they're a perfect fit for us. Dope nostalgia, taking you back retro style to the 90s. These guys have just the exact same kind of look and they're going back with your video games from the 80s, 90s and such. So I mean, it's super cool and a great tasting brand too as well. That's our show for today. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up for you in the weeks ahead. I wanna thank Colin. Hey, thanks for uh, having a good time chatting with me today.
1: thanks for having me.
0: We're gonna do this again. We've got uh, you're you're a rock guy.
1: I'm a rock guy. Uh, yeah. As far as '90s music goes, Hair Metal is my uh, is my poison. I love it.
0: Poison. Oh, okay. you're good, honey. You go. I tell you. Um, so most of that rock stuff we're gonna talk about. I think next episode we're gonna talk about Ugly Kid Joe. Yeah. So
1: Ugly Kid Joe. This is your teaser for the uh for the Ugly Kid Joe podcast. Is uh, they had the first EP that went platinum.
0: It's true, because yeah. the very first thing they put out was an EP, correct? It was
1: an EP and that uh, hit huge. Yeah. There and you go. Was the first uh, platinum EP ever.
0: Ah, the bad boys of rock in the nineties, and those guys were the it. So we'll tell you all about them next time. Uh, we have lots of cool interviews coming up in the weeks ahead. I got to talk to one of the singers in the supergroup Color Me Bad today, Mr. Mark Calderon.
1: Did your inner fangirl just like squeal the whole time?
0: I was like. I couldn't believe it was happening. <laughs> thinking back to when oh they have a song called Thinking Back. Um thinking back to when they uh I saw them live opening for Paula Abdul in ninety two and I was just like, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you right now kind of thing in my head. But I was I played it cool. <laughs> I, I didn't did. I didn't like, you know, squee or any weirdness. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I don't do that to their face. To their face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Contact us at Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com. Email us. Let us know if you want to be on the show. If you have any questions for any of our artists or if you have an artist in mind you want to hear about, please let us know. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope is our handle. Instagram, dope underscore nostalgia facebook you can search us up on there and we also have a youtube channel so just search "Still nostalgia you'll find all the stuff you need thanks guys Mm-hmm. does it smell like cat in here <laughs>